Hi, it's Dr. Charles Benz here, and you're on the podcast Healing Trends with Dr. Benz. And we're going to have some very interesting things to discuss today on the spike protein and how it's become toxic and possibly causing a lot of people to have long hauler COVID symptoms. And with me in studio today is John Barson. He's the editor and researcher and interviewer at uh, Total Health Magazine. And uh, I know this is a topic that's near and dear to John's heart because he's been tied up in the country of Canada for the last several months trying to get uh, down to the U.S. to do some work. And it's not been an easy go. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that the government and the doctors don't seem to understand what's happening in our bodies and how the spike protein is causing havoc everywhere. Hi, John. How are you? Charles, I'm good. How are you, sir? I'm really good. I mean, I'm so glad that I left Canada when I did because I think I would have been stuck for two years uh, being in the unvaccinated category. I wouldn't have been able to go anywhere. And it's a good thing there's Zoom because I can at least see and talk to my grandchildren and my children who are still in Canada. Right. So it's okay, I guess. I'm looking forward to seeing my grandson again. He's two years older than he was the last time we saw him. Well, I missed my uh, my son's wedding, which was just across the border. And oh. uh, yeah, it's been it's been a it's been a pretty terrible two years. And and uh, and actually, I'm lo- I'm located. I'm based right now in British Columbia, which is the worst by far province in the country. So uh, apparently, uh, according to the the health minister here uh, or the top doctor, uh, Bonnie Henry, uh, we could be. We could be in this situation for at least another year before it resolves. Oh, my. That's not good. Well, <clears throat> at least we have the... Well, it just points out, it, it just points out the, how... I know there's misinformation. I know there's misinformation on both sides. Um, and I have discussions with my, with my son about this all the time. And um, it, it's, it's so difficult. It's really challenging for... For the you know the average person to glean the facts of like what's really going on. Well, we're going to try to boil it down and simplify it because that's one of the things we try to do on our program is to try to get down to the root cause of things and try to give people a working explanation of what's happening uh, because there's a lot more long haulers than uh, they thought there was going to be. Somewhere between thirty and fifty percent of people who are infected end up becoming a long hauler. And now we're getting long haulers who have been vaccinated. And so the vaccination is one of those things that they really can't figure out what the, what the problem is. They, they hope they're thought that it might be just a, a situation where only a certain percentage of people would have a problem and they would be a milder problem with, with less deaths and less hospitalizations. But it, it turns out that that's not the case. Um, and they had this really interesting delivery mechanism called the spike protein, which was supposed to go in to what they call the ACE2 receptors on our cells. And those receptors are designed to break down amino acids so that we can make neurotransmitters and hormones. So I guess they figured that would be the most logical place because this protein is going to go to those receptors. And it did. And it's supposed to do two things. First of all, it's supposed to block that receptor so that nothing else can get in. 
And then it's supposed to deliver its viral load, if you will, its mRNA load into the cell so that they can start to have uh, the virus do a kind of a mild uh, infection uh, effect so that the body starts to work on its own immune system to try to develop uh, a response to it. And I think the problem is that a lot of these spike proteins are missing their mark. They're not necessarily going just to the ACE2 receptors on the, on the membrane of the, of the cell. They're going to other places in the body, and particularly they're starting to go into the blood vessels. And they're starting to cause a lot of inflammation and a lot of really strange reactions that are causing people to have strokes and mitochondria problems and mitocardius problems and lots of deaths and lots of serious disease. So this spike protein is turning out to be a toxin. It actually replicates on its own after it's in the body. And we thought it was the vaccination per se that was doing it, but it was this one part of it the spike protein that was seems to be causing most of the problem. Have you found something similar in, in the research that you've seen? Well, yes. Uh, actually, I got a, I got a Swedish study um, this morning. It was published on February 25th, and um, it's the, it was the first uh, in vitro study. It was published in Molecular Biology. Um, it was the first uh, in vitro study on the effect of COVID-19 uh, mRNA vaccine uh, on human liver cells. And uh, they present evidence in this study of, of fast entry into the cells and subsequent intracellular reverse transcription of the BNT162B2, make a note of that, uh, mRNA into DNA. So uh, to put it mildly, it's, it's, it's scary. I mean, there's a lot that we're learning. But here's the thing. When, when you were first talking about uh, doing this show, uh, I, I hearken back to when they were announcing the vaccine and how, how it was uh, you know, perfectly safe and they can give the vaccine. Um, but as the um, adverse reactions started to climb, um, I saw health professionals talking about the difference between um, injecting the, uh, because, let me back up a bit, Pfizer and Moderna, they both claimed that when you do the vaccine in the upper arm, it just goes into the muscle and that it would stay in that area um, with some discomfort possibly, but nothing nothing major. And uh, your body would build up the immunity um, as it's doing what you were talking about in your upper arm. But that's not the case uh, because often um, when you give an injection, even in the upper arm, you could hit a blood vessel and inject it directly into the blood vessel, which means that those spike proteins are immediately sent throughout the body. Right, I remember you talking about that. Yeah, so I think that they, um, there's, there's a, why some people um, have very mild to no apparent reactions to the vaccine, and others have some very immediate reactions to the vaccine, like anaphylactic shock and other, um, like migraines and like other uh, serious physical discomfort very, very quickly after the vaccination. So I think that they're the ones, the unlucky ones, um, that get that get get it right into the blood vessel, and uh, I mean I've seen studies now on um, it the the spike protein going to the ovaries, going to the testicles, um, through the blood brain barrier. 
there's just so much science that we have yet to see, and I have a feeling it's not all going to be good. Didn't this have something to do when you first uh, talked about this, um, about the, the way people are, are being vaccinated, that if there are people that are not really fully qualified to do this, like uh, military people, and, and, and they really don't understand how you are supposed to vaccinate and check to make sure that there's no blood being drawn up into the in, into the vaccination uh, needle. That that's one of the problems. You, you said you said that was one of the things that you thought was going to cause this problem. Yes, and if you want to get proof of that, um, I to the for the listeners, just go to um, uh, Doctor uh, John. Oh. <laughs> Uh, who's one of our favorite doctors there uh, in the UK? Well, I think the point is that uh, they're they're going to be doing these booster shots, and uh, this is where people have to start to say, "Wait a minute, uh, are you are you are you testing to see that this has not hit a blood vessel? Because it's just a matter of pulling the needle out a little bit to see if there's any blood going in there, where it shouldn't if it's just a muscle. And so, if they hit a vein somewhere. Um, isn't there a way that you can kind of be your own kind of nurse and say, are you, are you ensuring that this, uh, this vaccine is getting into the muscle and not the vessel? Uh, absolutely. That is, that, that is why I want people to uh, make a note of Dr. John Campbell's YouTube channel. Uh, he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's, a prof he's, he's been training nurses for decades uh, in the UK. And he's a very, very, he, he's, he, he, tears the science apart in such a way that we can all understand it very easily. Uh, and everything he does is science-based. So uh, he's not somebody who's just uh, repeating anecdotes he's heard. He's actually uh, publishing on a, on a very, very regular basis. He analyzes all the studies. And he was the first person that uh, I came across that went, uh, took a deep dive into how vaccines are administered. And I mean, just getting them, like in Canada, they're talking about, they brought in the military in some places uh, in order to um, give out the, uh, to do the vaccines. But the problem with that is they're just going to stab you in the arm. Um, I, I'm trying to think of the word. <laughs> what's it, what do you, what's it describe? Describe it when you Aspirate. do the vaccine, you draw the blood. Aspirating? Hmm? Aspirating. Aspirate. Thank yeah. you. Do you think I could think of that word? Um, that was frustrating. Um, yes, it's called aspirating. And on the Canadian uh, Health Canada website, they, they make a point of saying that there's no need to aspirate. And Dr. John Campbell is very clear. If you don't aspirate, and that means injecting the syringe with pulling it out just a little bit, like pulling the plunger a little bit to make sure there's no blood coming into the syringe, which indicates that you've hit a blood vessel, then you proceed to do the vaccination. And yes, it causes a slightly more discomfort when you do that, but it leaves it puts the vaccine into into your intramuscular area as opposed to into your bloodstream. I, I guess the next point though is that I'm getting a lot of young people that are being referred to me in order to deal with this uh, mitocarditis, myocarditis and and uh, arrhythmia and tachycardia so they're starting to have 18 to 39 year olds be the ones that are most affected by this 
And this is really disconcerting because usually you would think that the people who are most affected are be the ones that have um, are oldest or have diabetes or have some other health conditions. And so that means they're in what they call the more vulnerable groups. But that doesn't seem to be always the case that these these young people, mostly young men, I think, are, are very healthy or were, or were told that they were very healthy by their parents. And so this this is causing me a lot of concern. And so I think we should have something that addresses the spike protein, regardless of whether the vaccination technique is appropriate or not. And I think that the World Health Foundation thought the same thing because they've come up with an actual detoxification program. And so this detoxification program is specifically designed to get rid of these spike proteins and stop them because they're doing this damage in a replicating basis. It's not like, okay, uh, they get in there and they do a little bit of damage and then they're gone. Month by month, they're doing more damage because nobody is stopping them. And so this is where the uh, World uh, Health Foundation came up with this protocol. Now, when I list these things, you're going to go, Hey, wait a minute, that's vaguely familiar. N-acetylcysteine, vitamin C, zinc, curcumin, vitamin D3, magnesium, quercetin, krill oil, black cumin, boswellia, serapeptase, milk thistle. Doesn't that sound strangely familiar in terms of the things that actually give body protection against viruses, period? Isn't that interesting that if you were if you had adopted that program, there would be no need for a inoculation against certain immune <laughs> we you, we used things. that in, in in the initial phases of this thing two years ago. We used a lot of these nutrients um, in terms of food and in supplement form to actually prevent the the, the, the virus from getting into the body. And then if it did get into the body, then we use these things in higher doses and more of them to actually push it back. And so far, the doctors that I've been working with have been getting about 100%, a 98, 99, 100% success rate in, in getting these things pushed back. And so this was an antiviral program. And it's been adopted by the Eastern Virginia Medical School. It's been adopted by the uh, Functional Medicine Institute. It's been adopted by the Cleveland Clinic. There's a lot of organizations that have now come forward and said, yes, this works. And when these, pro when these people didn't get onto these nutrients initially and thought that they would just push through and maybe get the vaccine and see how that worked, then they became the long haulers and they can't get rid of their symptoms. Guess which nutrients are the ones that get rid of all of the long haulers that I have dealt with over the last two years? It's all of these same nutrients. So these nutrients are not only antiviral, but they're also anti-spike protein, which in the body is being treated as a toxin. And so it's getting rid of the toxins, whether they're viral toxins or whether they're just spike protein toxins. And I think that's pretty amazing that you know, we, we've been on to this for a long time, more or less accidentally, because we've been treating this, these whole group of nutrients as antivirals. 
and they all have proven antiviral capability, even the one that they love to hate, which is the colloidal silver. It also has very strong antiviral properties. And so when you look at the scientific studies, there's like 180 just on silver alone, then there's three or 400 on vitamin C, and then there's thousands on vitamin D3. And so you have to say to yourself, wait a minute, there's something wrong here. And, and, and this, this situation was really highlighted last evening. And I know this is gonna be a delay about a week from, from when this happened, but uh, President Biden was speaking uh, last evening on cancer and he has a goal to have 50% reduction in cancer deaths by the year 2050. And do you know that not once in his, in his uh, State of the Union address did he mention prevention? Not once. All he's saying is they're, they're gonna have better diagnostics and better drugs. And I thought, how can, how can this be that there is that many people who are scientists and doctors who understand this, and yet he and his administration and the medical community around him have not a clue or, and or, are not interested in doing it because 80 to 90% of cancer deaths are completely unnecessary and avoidable just through appropriate nutrition and some simple supplements. And so I, I just drew the correlation there between the COVID and the cancer because we're, we're still uh, with blindfolds on here, not really getting it. I agree. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I, um, it just, uh, you know, you're, I love your protocol. I, you set that, I, we mentioned this in an earlier show. Uh, my wife and her two friends all got COVID the same day, same time, tested positive. I contacted you. You said, okay, here's what I recommend. And um, I followed up on that right away, got everything to Liz. And she walked out of the bedroom five days later, perfectly fine. But her two friends were on ventilators. So 100% of the people that followed your protocol in that small study <laughs> were successful. Well, I've had... I mean, I'm using, I'm going to use the, I'm going to use the same approach as the other side, 100% successful 100%. In, in this study. Well, they ask me, you know, how many people, and I say, well, by the time you get done the prevention part and the, and the initial uh, treatment part, there's been hundreds and hundreds that have been successful and I have it all documented. Uh, but you know, there's dozens and dozens of long haulers that I've, that I've treated over and some of them came with five and six months worth of symptoms that they had not been treated and they'd had five or six doctors that had uh, gone to them and, and not gotten resolution because they're just not taught this in medical school. And that's the real problem. And we, we know that that information is out there and available because Dr. Fauci himself said, uh, probably in error, he mentioned that he takes vitamin D and vitamin C uh, to protect from the flu. And he never mentioned it again. That was a year, over a year ago, year and a half ago, and he never mentioned it again. And because there's just too much money in the drug industry, and they just don't want to jeopardize it by saying, you know what, people, you could prevent a lot of illness and a lot of disease. And, and you know, in our next show, John, we're actually going to talk a little bit more about how to prevent uh, these chronic illnesses because 80% of almost every chronic illness is preventable and reversible. And yet, here we are. Uh, I saw a friend of mine got a, a hospital bill for a one and a half day visit, $24,000. Now, something is seriously wrong. 
if we if, if we have to pay twenty four thousand dollars for a day and a half of hospital care, and we can't figure out how to buy twenty or thirty dollars worth of supplements to prevent COVID or you know get get people to prevent cancer, uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk. Well, my favorite. I was in my local store, health food store, yesterday. Stopped in to say hi to Johnny, and uh, there was uh, he was talking with a customer about vitamin D, and she was saying that well, I'm I was taking a I thought I was taking a lot because I was taking a thousand IU's a day, and then my daughter said, no, mom, you you gotta you gotta boost that that like way more than that, and because but it, it's it's not safe, and so, and so we had that explanation there that discussion, and uh, I, I told her I said look here's here's three things to keep in mind about vitamin D out of out of the hundreds and hundreds of studies. 70 plus um, nanom, nano, NM, NML, I always have to say NML. Um, if you're in over 70, uh, or sorry, over 60, you have a 70% less chance of getting breast cancer. If, you, if you're a guy, you have over a 70% reduction in your chance of getting colon cancer and prostate cancer. I know. It's just and it costs how much a day? inexpensive thing. There was actually a company in Minnesota that did a wellness program and they gave every employee, and there were 10,000 employees, they gave every one of them free vitamin D for a whole year. And do you know what the return on investment was for their reduced cost of healthcare in that company? 24 to one. 24 to one. Yeah, and, and so this is not like we haven't had the evidence out there that this works. I have companies on my own. I have a pharmaceutical company in Georgia, and I have a, a pool company in South Carolina. They gave out vitamin C and vitamin D within we, within a few weeks of it being uh, announced. And you know, they haven't had any problems in, in their companies of any serious note, no hospitalizations, no ventilators, nothing. And they gave their employees the two things, just a vitamin C and vitamin D, and they were able to manage this without any deaths and without any serious illness. And so it's, it's crazy. And, you know, we talk about it all the time, but it never hurts to re reiterate these things and let people realize that natural medicine actually has better science behind it than conventional medicine does. And so I, that's the reason I think our audience is growing. And uh, I think it's one of the things that's going to help us because word of mouth is one of the ways that we're going to can, uh, going to control this problem. Yes, could I just say one thing? Because I know we're out of, we're out of time here. Um, that when when Pfizer and Moderna pitched the uh, mRNA vaccines, they made the claim that the spike protein would first of all would not go throughout the body, and that it would only be in the body for I don't quote me on this for twenty four to forty eight hours, something like that. But what we're finding now is that. Uh, that is not the case, that it could stay in the body as, and do damage for as long as um, 15 months or so. So if you get, and that's, and if you look at the reactions to the vaccines, the, a lot of, uh, most people that have a severe reaction is to the second shot. So you're, you're adding all, uh, many more spike proteins to your body to fight. Um, and if you then get a booster shot on top of that, and now you've had, your first shot, your 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 second shot, then your first booster shot. And you've, if you've done all of that in six months, you've tripled the spike protein exposure to your body. And it's still going to take another up to 15 months for it to clear your body. So 
your body's going to be fighting it all that time. And that's why your program is so vitally important. Yeah. And, and, and unfortunately, a lot of this is happening in the blood vessels, not the arteries. Because the blood vessels don't have a lot of oxygen in them because they're oxygen depleted because they've used up all the oxygen in the arteries. And so this is one of the problems and, and we're finding a lot of serious problems in the blood vessels. So if anybody has any swollen blood vessels or any pain or discomfort in their blood vessels, that's a sign. That's one of the first symptoms that you should be looking for. And so pay attention to that and uh, get yourself a D-dimer test, which is a test for whether there's blood clots being formed or not. And uh, make sure that you have a functional medicine doctor that you're working with that can get you on the right protocol to detoxify. And remember, it's the World Health Foundation um, uh, spike protein detox uh, uh, protocol. Uh, so, yep, I've got to give some heads up to our sponsors here. Uh, first one would be... Uh, DHA Labs, and DHA Labs is a, a testing company, blood and urine genetic tests, and they do a fantastic job for individuals and for small groups. So check them out if you need testing of any kind. They have doctors. You don't have to get a doctor's referral. And Paddock Pools is another one, and Paddock Pools is a company that has a, a, a vacuum extractor that takes the air off the surface of the pool that has filled with chlorine gas, and this chlorine gas is toxic, and uh, they get rid of about 95% of it, and that really helps to give you an oxygenated workout, which is much better than a chlorine gas workout. And then another company is MPB Health, and they're a medical cost sharing company, and they've been known to reduce healthcare uh, expenses by 30 to 50% through some of the programs that they, that they initiate. And the other one is SunTrust Financial Planning, and they are a very ethical financial planning company, and they provide wellness programs for their clients. You can get online with them and, and uh, do your investing if you have any money to, to put into an investment account. They're very clever with their, with their health and their wealth. So those are our sponsors. We thank them for their attention today, and uh, we thank our, uh, our gardening crew for blowing the leaves and the grass today and for us being able to hear them while we're doing all that but they're just doing their job and uh, we have to appreciate that everybody has to do these things and so today at the end during the commercials you now had the benefit of having the guys blowing the leaves off of our driveway thanks so much for everybody and for john uh, for your efforts and making sure that our program is well researched and well balanced and thank you to uh, Radio MD for being the uh, broadcasters for us and all the people that pay attention to our program and listen to it. We even have employers now that are actually going to um, have links to different programs based on their health needs. And so we have 50 programs now and they're going to do links that they send out to employees every month on the, on the issues that are health related for their company. And so now we've got the uh, radio program being rebroadcasted through employers with these links. And so I think that's a new development, which I'm very, very happy to report. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you the next time. Bye for now. <laughs>